Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is August 4th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, which is Doctrine and Covenants, section 85 through 87. And today we're going to move into section 86. Now this section deals with the parable that the Savior gave of the wheat and the tares. Now an interesting thing about this section and how it came to be is that Joseph Smith, as we know, was working on the inspired version of the Bible, and he was receiving revelations and making some inspired changes to the Bible. But when this revelation was received in Doctrine and Covenants 86, he had actually finished. This revelation came as he had gone back through and was reviewing the revelations that he had received and the changes that he had made. I absolutely love that clarification that this was his second time through where he received this revelation. It teaches me that no matter how many times we read the same scriptures over and over again, there's always something more to pull out of it and always more revelation to receive and more principles and truths to receive. As I've been doing this podcast, both last year and this year, that has become extremely apparent to me that there are principles of the gospel and principles in the scriptures that can come out the more we study and the deeper we dive into them. So I'm so grateful for the scriptures that can teach us over and over and over again the things that we need when we need them. Truly, they are inspired of God and come from him. So this particular section, section 86, is an interpretation of the parable of the wheat and the tares. Now, something that I love about parables is that It can often teach multiple truths depending on what's needed by the person who's receiving the parable. And so here, I'm going to take just a minute and read the parable that's found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. It says, Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the wheat into my barn, and the tares are bound in bundles to be burned. Now just a little bit of clarification or background with a wheat and a tear. Obviously we know what wheat is, but a tear is a noxious weed that when it's young looks almost identical to a young wheat plant. So if the wheat and the tare are growing together, you would hardly know which was which if you were trying to go through and pull out the tares. Chances are these servants would go through and would pull out more wheat than they would tares. In fact, I'll try to post a picture on our social media today of wheat and tares next to each other. So this lesson that the Lord of the Harvest gives where he says, let both grow together until the harvest. Let them both grow together so that the wheat can be strong. Now, like I said, I love parables because they teach so many different things, and you can learn a different lesson each time. For example, we could take from this parable 
the importance of not letting bad things creep into our lives. We could take from this lesson the importance of growing up strong, even when there are negative things around us. There are a lot of things, honestly, that we can learn from this parable. And the same is true of most parables. That's one of the reasons why the Savior taught in parables. He said so that the seeing see not and that the hearing hear not. The Savior taught in parables because people would learn to the degree that they were ready to learn, or they would learn the lesson that they were ready to learn, but that those who were ready for more could receive more. And so I absolutely love that about parables. And here we see in Doctrine and Covenants section 86 that the same is true of this parable. All of a sudden in section 86, the Lord is going to clarify some things about this parable that's going to teach us yet another level or another meaning behind this incredible parable here. So starting in one of section 86, it says, Verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, my servants, concerning the parable of the wheat and the tares. Behold, verily I say, the field was the world, and the apostles were the sowers of the seed. So here you have the apostles sowing the seed, sowing truth in the world, teaching the world the truths of the gospel. And then it says, after they have fallen asleep, the great persecutor of the church, the apostate, the whore, even Babylon, that maketh all nations to drink of her cup, in whose hearts the enemy, even Satan, sitteth to reign. Behold, he soweth the tares, wherefore the tares choke the wheat and drive the church into the wilderness. So, Before, when we were reading the parable of the wheat and the tares straight from the book of Matthew, most of the things that we are getting from that parable, most of the applications from that parable are a very personal thing, right? Not letting bad habits creep into our lives or trying to live amongst the tares in our world. But here, the Lord's going to teach us a much more universal application here. It's saying that the apostles are the sowers of the seed. And then it says, after they have fallen asleep, Now, falling asleep there is a symbol for death. So it's after their death that the great persecutor of the church, and he names that as many things, the apostate, the whore, Babylon, Satan, which is trying to reign on the earth. So the adversary sneaks in and begins to sow tares. He begins to sow lies. He begins to make changes so that the tares or the lies that he plants is going to choke out the wheat and drive the church into the wilderness. So here it's talking about the great apostasy and what happened after the Savior was crucified and all his apostles had passed as well. President Ezra Taft Benson once said, With the passing of the apostles and the loss of the priesthood keys, corrupt doctrines were introduced into the church. In the words of one eminent historian, Christianity did not destroy paganism, it adopted it. The Greek mind, dying, came to a new life in the theology and liturgy of the church. By the second and third centuries, widespread changes had been made in the pure doctrines and ordinances given by the Savior. The church that Jesus had established and sanctioned was no longer on the earth. So the world entered that long night of apostasy, the Dark Ages. The church, no longer sanctioned by God, exercised an oppressive tyranny on the minds of men and shackled them with chains of false traditions. Truth was turned to superstition, joy to despair, 
and worship to ritual. My friends, the apostasy is something that actually took place. And when we can wrap our minds around that, when we can truly see and understand the changes that were made in the church that Christ established throughout the centuries, then all of a sudden the need for a restoration begins to become clearer and clearer. The need for a restoration makes perfect sense. As a missionary, I used to use the analogy of if you were to leave your home, if you were to go on vacation, and someone that you didn't authorize just came into your house and began to rearrange your furniture, when you got home, you'd be pretty upset about it. And it's that same sort of idea with the apostasy. After the death of the apostles, there was no one on earth who held priesthood keys and had the right to revelation for the entire earth. Without someone with the keys and the right to revelation, any changes that were made, and there were a lot of them. Historically, that's a fascinating thing to study, to watch the changes that were made throughout the century. Any changes that were made were not authorized by God. People came into his church and they rearranged the furniture without his consent, without his approval, and without revelation. And then just like that, the gospel that Jesus Christ established when he was on the earth was gone. But my friends, God loves his children yesterday, today, and forever. And the greatest evidence of that is the restoration of the gospel through the prophet Joseph Smith. Elder Uchtdorf once said, The restored gospel of Jesus Christ blesses lives, not just when we believe it, but much more when we live it. I testify that when we truly understand the apostasy, then the truthfulness of the restoration not only becomes logical, it becomes miraculous as well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.